All right, go ahead and introduce yourselves. I'm Brad Taylor. I'm Mitch Calhoun. I'm Coy Powers. And we're from the webcomic All Grown Up. All right, what do you guys think of Star Wars itself, the movies? The movies are the coolest movies that were ever, ever made, in my opinion. <laughs> well, I enjoyed them a lot. I, I, I have a big fan of all of the three original movies, and the two other ones are working their way into my heart, trying to, as best as I can. Uh, excellent movies all the way around. What do you guys think of Star Wars fandom, such as uh, fan films, fan audio, fan comics, fan whatever? They are also very, very cool. I love keeping the universe alive. Uh, I'm a big fan of the uh, fan films segment. I've watched a lot of those. Your lightsaber and you, uh, one of my favorite things I've ever watched, actually. Uh, a lot of funny stuff, and I hope that people will try and contribute and do the best that they can to add to the universe. Definitely. Anything that will... Uh, allow its fans to put as much creative output into uh, a universe like that as, as Star Wars has is a good thing. All right, thank you very much, guys. And what is the website where people can find All Grown Up? www.all-grown-up.com. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, allgrownup.com with dashes in between each of the words. Thank you very much. Thank you. Welcome to Requiem of the Outcast, coming to you live via your computer every month, bringing all the best in fan audio, web reviews, and all the tips and tricks for creating and promoting your projects. We're here to help you tell Hollywood, hey, nice try, but we'll take it from here. Go with the, the, the traditional, the okay. standard, the stalwart fa- pal of, uh, I got nothing. Oh, See, that's okay. what I want you yeah, to do. I, I, yeah, I got nothing. All right, well, hello and uh, welcome to Requiem of the Outcast. This is episode number 5,469. Okay. Or 10, right? Or 10. Or 10. Or 10. 10. Ten, I think it's closer. Okay. Otherwise known as the Con Carolinas episode. This is our anive- oh, yes. anniversary episode, or tenth uh, anniversary. That means that Rich has to get me silver. <laughs> no diamonds. diamonds. Oh, diamonds. That's what she's telling you, right? Yeah. Why is it that all, the, the past fifteen anniversaries we've Peter had has died. all been diamonds? Yeah, it's Janine, according to Janine, every uh, every anniversary is a diamond anniversary. <laughs> For some yeah. reason, we just entirely skipped the paper one in our our first anniversary. What, about? what about the paper mache? <laughs> Paper mache anniversary. The, what the diamond have you ever bought I me other than our engagement ring? Well, that's true. I, d- I haven't bought her any diamonds. <laughs> Which so. you bought off a friend, by the way. I did. A friend who was getting a divorce and didn't want her ring anymore, by the way. Hey, well, hey be smart frugal. about it. That's you're what I'm smart. saying. See? I know. I, mean, I you didn't should be happy that you're married to a man who tell, knows how to tell use them the his truth. Money. Tell them the truth. When you asked me what kind of ring I wanted, what did I say? Oh, she said she didn't want any ring. She wanted a... Uh, uh, cold weather boots because we were at uh, the basic school for officers at the time. Well, see, that's, uh, and that, they're that's, very expensive. that's what's called a clever ploy. Yeah, I thought so. She's testing the water. She's testing so. her No, really. And then yeah. he got all offended and upset at me. Well, the cool thing was that the ring actually cost less than the cold weather boots. So. Yeah. The cold weather boots are not cheap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the people who don't buy them get frostbite. That's true. And that's no fun. And I'd rather she have a ring and no toes, though, so. 
cold weather diamond ring. Speaking of cold weather, weather hasn't been very nice around here. I like it. I, I love it. It's felt great. Okay, it's nice well, and hot. It's beautiful. It's hot, warm, hot, and humid. You step outside and you sweat. It feels oh, great. It feels good. And speaking of hot, see, it's all a transition. You're talking about me again, aren't you? I'm, I'm sorry. Because Ron's the hot one again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was actually going to say that Janine is on fire when it comes to costume contests. Oh, this yes, is she of course, is. This, of course, is our con episode. So we're going to talk a little bit about Con Carolinas, which was June 4th through 6th in 2004 in Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, it was a it was a lot of fun, but Janine, in her second uh, time entering into a costume contest, again took first place. Well, actually, I tied for first place with my mother, but since I made the costume she was wearing, you know, it's like I I won completely. She anyway, tied with herself. I tied with hey, myself. I'm just at least you didn't get first and second place. Yeah, because that probably would have pissed some people off. Yeah, that would that would have been bad. But actually, I didn't win first. I won Best in Show, which I guess if there's a place higher than first, that's what I got. But wow. They, they Listen to that. <laughs> I, love, I love the modesty. That's wonderful. That's why we love her. The chick in the red dress won first place. What? Yeah. The, the one with the boogie board on her head yes. and the yes. set symbol on there yes. with, the, hey. with, like, the strangling golden wire and stepped hey, on her dress listen. and almost fell over. Listen, you may not have liked it, but anytime you can take your hat off and boogie board on it, that's true. That's, that's a good that's, outfit. That's very James Bond-esque. That's what I'm saying. That's like, I don't, I don't, we're not going to see Pierce Brosnan wearing that costume. She like won that. first, oh, yeah. Django yeah. Fett won second, and the pirate won third. Well, Django Fett, he had that really cool visor thing. You know, that was kind of cool. Oh, I'm not going to tell you what Ron likes to call him. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, going on to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not going to say that. Um, moving along, but but the uh, the problem is your your pirate friend. What was his name? Oh, um, I'm really tired, so I'm freaking drawing Eric. a blank. I know. Eric, isn't it? No, Red pirate Eric no. Roberts. It's uh, <laughs> we interviewed him Isn't actually. Pirate Smith? He's gonna be. He's gonna Can't be. Beat the pirate. I interviewed him. He's yes. gonna be on uh one on our costuming episode. And why can I not remember his name? Well, we like to call him the Susan Lucci of costume yeah. contests. Exactly. This poor guy has an incredible costume, and keeps getting passed over by the judges in these costume contests. And I don't know what's going on because he, he <laughs> really should win. He, you know, has he, he needs to have a boogie board for a helmet. That's what it he is. Had a he's got on his hat. this amazing pirate costume that he's made himself, and he spent so much time and effort just dedicated to it. It's well, maybe beautiful. if his swords were automatic and lifted and lowered by themselves, that would that would make it. Well, it went good. over on the female judges. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, as and, and this is the second time. Matter of fact, the first contest you entered into, you beat him out too. I, I but think it was his first contest too. But so um, he's zero for two, and I'm two for two. And he's he even w- as he is a pirate, he appreciated that you shared your booty, which was nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, I mean well, the prize, the prize. Janine was sh- sharing her booty all over the place there. Okay, another reason to go to cons, people. Why don't we explain what the booty was? The booty was one million check glass beads. Okay, you know, like the beads that you make pretty jewelry out of. Yeah. Oh yes, and and you did share so them with with was it everybody who entered or anybody who entered and uh, pretty much anybody who asked for some because it was a million. Hey, you should have seen our room. Janine was just giving out booty. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of pirates, you know what he did to me? Oh, I'm sitting that? there next to Ron, and I'm trying to console him because he's lost again. And uh, do we need to wait? Rich left. Uh, yeah. Uh, listen, Rich is gone. So uh, let me just say that Rich is just a big hoser. Uh, we don't like him. 
He's a, we don't know why we hang out with him. Yeah. He's a poser. He's all those things, bad things that rhyme. He's a hoser. He's a poser. He's a hoser. He's a poser. He's a... Noser. He's a wonderful guy, and I'm so glad he's our producer. Oh, what are you, what are you guys saying? Remember, <laughs> I'm the one that edits this, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to step out of the room for a moment and deal with something. Okay. So I'm sitting there next to Ron. And the pirate guy is sitting next to me. I'm trying to console him because he lost the gag. You know, giving him beats, and he's doing a really good job. And, you know, telling him he did a really good job. And he's like, well, can I get a kiss on the cheek? And I was like, okay. So I lean over to give him a kiss on the cheek. And right as I get there, he turns and he kisses me on the lips. And I was like, oh! And I turn and like, Ron, go beat him up. He kissed me on the lips. And so Ron goes to go beat him up, and he goes, pirate! <laughs> you know, kind of put his hands up like, what do you expect? And so then at that point, Ron is like, yeah, I can't, I can't do anything yeah. to you. <laughs> the scary thing is, we went to go see a Rocky Horror Picture Show that was playing live there with uh, with Earl Newton from Fall of a Saga. And uh, the the guy playing um, Frankenfurter tried to do the same thing to me. So Whoa. I've been, I've been really? going to a lot of... I've, no, no, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> well, he is just a sweet transvestite. <laughs> from transsexual Transylvania. Transsexual. Uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, speaking of uh, Mr. Earl Newton, look at that, I'm the transition king. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, hey, by the way, Rich has not stopped speaking of Mr. Earl Newton. Earl In fact, he ditched us for like 45 minutes yesterday at our house to go outside <laughs> To talk to his new best friend. As a matter of fact, I'm kind of we're just chop liver to him now. <laughs> I'm kind of getting worried because when Rich opened his door to his bedroom a little while ago, I, I peeked inside and there was like this altar to Earl. Bill. Yeah, my, you know my what? Why don't, Earl. You, why don't you do a show with Earl now? Hey Earl, what you call it? Requiem the Outcast 2.0. The Earl, 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 if you're listening out there, run, <laughs> run. Because seriously, he's got these pictures up. You're taking my friend away. No, no, because he's got these pictures up and he's burning candles, and I just don't know what's going on there, but it can't be good. And my little Earl (laughs) Earl Newton love doll. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 wait, wait. Let me explain. Oh, Oh, edit that out. It was wrong. Earl Newton is the uh, writer, creator, filmographer, cinematographer, and he also did a voiceover. In Fall of a Saga, which is a, uh, it, I wouldn't even classify it as a fan film. It's that damn good. Um, it's a 24-minute film. Are you um, saying fan films aren't any good? Yeah. What about ours? Well, <laughs> hey, the ours current state of fan films, <laughs> yes. Ours is dang good, man. It's so bad it's good. Intentionally so. We are officially nerds now. We have created our very own fan film. Yes, we, we are working on a series of fan films um, that are basically just takeoffs of... Uh, Genre no, no. films, People but will we're not. Steal our idea. More than likely, but you jerk! Um, <laughs> Don't steal our idea, or I'll come kill you. <laughs> but um, it's we're basically just trying to shoot uh, genre spoof films in a 24-hour period, and then we will actually be sitting around uh, making fun of them ourselves in an MST3K fashion. Or we it's won't, because some of them are bad enough that they don't need us to MST3K. <laughs> well, and we'll, we'll be posting them so. out there for you to make fun. As well, yeah. we, oh, yes. we, we appreciate any 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 negative feedback negative possible. feedback possible because that's yes. what we want. And we'll even do it to your fan film if you'd like. But or if you don't like, <laughs> well, anyway. Here's what we decided: we decided that a lot of times we we uh we are really bad to people when they put in fan films and the fan films are. That's not. usually the stuff that that's why it takes me a month to edit some of the shows to try to make it yeah. a little bit yeah. to where we we won't the, have people on our doorstep uh, like <laughs> Magnolia, you know Magnolia fan out there and uh, with pitchforks and. Uh, 
Exactly. Yeah. We, we figured if we're going to poke fun at other people, we should put ourselves out there to be to be made fun of as well. See, and we'll poke fun at ourselves. And we'll ours are intentionally bad. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Hey, it's, at least it's not as bad as like Wayfair or uh, or uh, uh, Sith Apocalypse. No, I think oh. we did try to put in a in a little debate. Like where we can have like a little two. Hey, wait, debate. no, don't give spoilers. No spoilers. No, no spoilers. <laughs> Coming soon to a theater near you. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, getting back on the topic. The with the, uh, uh, we're going to do a quick review of uh, Fall of a Saga, which, of course, as I said before, uh, Earl Newton created. Um, it's from Southern Ronin Productions. You can visit the website, southernronin.com. And uh, we got to see this film at the and, and also meet the creators at, uh, at Con Carolinas. And uh, all I can say is I pretty much hung out with those guys just about all weekend. Just yeah, because they he ditched us. The entire weekend, I'd like to point no, out. I just like to say these guys were were so Still creative hold. that we actually. Hey, you know what? We were trying to film footage for VH1. I don't care. Convention. Did you film me? Did you film me once? No. We didn't know where you were no. at. Did you? Did you? I was uh, the only pretty girl at the con, except for my mom. Well, then there's also Cindy was there, and yeah. so was Sherilyn. So okay, wait, did you I get any? Did you get any footage for VH1 whatsoever? We actually couldn't use any of that stuff because we were supposed to film people in a good light, and we kind of descended upon the gamers' room at uh, midnight uh, the first night. And, now let's just say that we weren't. T- we, it's not that we made fun of the gamers; we made fun of the gaming itself. Although we had some really cool making fun of the gamers. Well, yeah, well, yeah. When I showed it to you guys, you guys made fun of the gamers, but <laughs> no, no, no. You made fun of the gaming. Unfortunately, you made fun of the gaming in front of the gamers. Well, yes, gaming. that's true. That's true. Yeah, they weren't too keen on us. We, we I was, I was actually kind of terrified to walk down uh, on Saturday morning <laughs> because of I was, I was going to be, be pelted with gaming. ice or something. Only stickier. Who's your saving through, you bastard? <laughs> I actually got nailed between the eyes with a 12-sided die. Nice. That sounds like a really weird gaming country song. (laughs) (laughs) I lost my orc the other day. (laughs) My elf ran away. Nailed between the eyes with a 12-sided die. (laughs) Then my dog died. I mean, you gotta have the dog die. You gotta have a dog die. Obligatory dog die. Where's the pickup truck coming is what I want to know. I don't know. They wouldn't have it done. Um, So... But anyway, the film itself, um, like like we said, it was tremendous. Um, I I enjoyed it. It was uh, you know really well shot. Um, uh, the it was a comedy film, but it's not like you know in your face kind of comedy. It's more like Tarantino esque comedy where it's uh, funny in spite of itself, funny in the situation. Um, there are some jokes that only. Are you kidding uh, me? I thought it was way better than any Tarantino film I've seen, which is well, only one, bloody, Kill Bill actually. Part 1. She's seen one Tarantino film, so... Or half of one, since yeah. I only saw Part 1 of Kill Bill. Oh, good point. Well, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was I thought it was a great film. I thought, uh, I, I really, really enjoyed I their camera work, and I really enjoyed the way that they, not so much the music itself, because the music was kind of adapted versions of, of existing music, but... It was Star Wars the, enough that you could sell it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I enjoyed the way they used the music yes. in the film. That was incredible. The music was uh, very well used. Um, and the actors were, were tremendous. Uh, yes. The, the villain, Vito, um, he was just over the top enough uh, to make the, the role humorous. And, of course, you had Sean Connery playing uh, uh, George Lucas. <laughs> oh, it's Sean Connery. It was, it was the Saturday Night Live Sean yes, Connery. Yes, it was the yeah. Daryl Hammond Sean yes. Connery. That's right, your Monte Bank. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, you can uh, find uh, the film at ifilm.com, or you can go to southernronin.com, 
and uh, they've got links to check out the movie. I highly suggest you do it. Yeah, it was really good. I've seen it about six or seven times because I've been showing it to people at work, and everybody loves it. And actually, there was one person that said, I mean, I've, I'm a huge fan of the formula, but there was actually somebody there that said that uh, it's better than the formula, and that's, uh, that's a hell of a compliment. I, I, I would have to, actually, I have to agree. I think it's better than the formula. Ooh, I think it was okay. shot a lot better. Oh, well, that's true. And it's not as long. That's true. Um, the and I, li- I like that fact. And the guys were a lot more fun. And the guys were, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Handel doesn't listen to us. Uh, Probably wanna, not. You might want to cut that part out. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, uh, <laughs> hey, he's got he's got film geeks. He's got his own show. Yeah. Uh, let him tear us up with. Uh, <laughs> all right, now uh, moving on, we're going to um, talk a little bit about a uh, uh, interview that we had with um, with Stephen Ewan. Stephen Ewan Cobb. Stephen Ewan Cobb, um, author uh, of Bones Burnt Black. Bones, Bones Burnt Black. We're going to review Black. the book itself. You guys have read it. Um, we're actually going to be having our... Yeah, because we got free preview copies. The real book didn't come out until like September, but we got free copies. Free. Yes, we did. So, actually, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the upcoming writer's app in a moment, but you guys go ahead and uh, tell the folks about Bones Burnt Black. It was really good. Yes, it was, it was actually... I couldn't put it down. I read it in one day. All right. It was a really good book. Let me start out just kind of to tell you a little bit about how it starts out, and I'll, I'll just leave it because I don't want to give anything away. But basically, it, it starts out in the not-too-distant future. Uh, space travel it has become a, a more common, more advanced thing, but not tremendously more advanced. And um, uh, what ha- what's happening is that it's on this ship, and this, this spaceship is spiraling out of control uh, toward the sun. And... Uh, uh, there's one of the crew members is uh, kind of off in space, uh, trying to make her way back in her, her spacesuit to the to the ship. And there's a bunch of uh, there's a, a bunch of people on the ship, a few people who were uh, who are trying to come up with a solution uh, to obviously not burning themselves up in the sun. Uh, and in the meantime, uh, and this is kind of the central thing, uh, there's a killer loose on the ship, who is uh, who is slowly working their way. Through uh, the members of the crew and the and the and the uh, passengers. So anyway, uh, that's kind of the way it starts off, and it's a really really neat plot. Uh, the the storyline is really cool. It's kind of a a combination of sci-fi and murder mystery. And the the biggest thing to me was that the science in this is good. It's hard nowadays to find a sci-fi novel where the science is really good. And, he is and it's actually, believable. Yeah, it's believable. And he's actually taken the science and he said, all right, this is 40 or 50 years into the future. What are the possibility, What are the realistic possibilities of space travel 40 or 50 years into the future? And he's tr- progressed it to a point where you really believe, hey, yeah, this could happen 40 or 50 years into the future. Uh, this is a real possibility. Uh, given that the, the technologies to do it exist to some degree or another now, uh, and it's just advancing those technologies. So he's really done some, some pretty cool things with that. And at the same time, he's developed a really neat storyline that kind of keeps you jumping. So uh, so I really liked it. Me too. The only <coughs> thing that I have to point out there, because we got to point out one thing that bugs us, is I, I felt like uh, the ending hit and he just wrapped it up way too quick. Yeah, I wish. I honestly wish there there had been at least another chapter or two. That that's just me though. Yeah, but uh, and a lot of that is because you didn't want it to end yet. I that's mean, it was true. it was a really good book, and I, I, uh, 
You know, I went into this. We had we had uh, interviewed Stephen, and really nice guy. Really enjoyed the interviews. Really enjoyed spending a lot of time with him. I went into this. I mean, obviously, I wanted to be able to say, "Hey, I really like this book," but I went into it saying, "Hey, you know what? Even though I like the guy, even though we had a really good interview with him and everything, if I don't like it, I'm going to be honest about it." Especially because I mean, he's not with a very big publisher, and he's not really well known, and. This is only his second book, and I've not really heard much about him. Yeah, but I tell you this, I came out of it going, you know what, that was not a worry, because it was a really good book. It is one of the better sci-fi books that I've read recently. After after you read it, matter of fact, you, you told me that you couldn't believe he wasn't with a bigger publisher. Oh, not, oh nothing no. Nothing against the publisher, but it was just a <coughs> It's yeah, surprising to me. I, I can't believe Del Rey hasn't picked him up or someone like that. Yeah, I, can't, I couldn't believe that... that that some other that some large publisher hadn't read this book and gone, holy cow, we need to have this because it's it's a good book and given the right given the right uh, push and the right uh, promotion, it's a book that I think could really really sell well. So I hope that the company that he's with is gonna is gonna put the effort out there to push it and to to, to get it out there because it really deserves it. It's a good book. Also, I feel like uh, in the book. I feel like Stephen Ewan Cobb was just, uh, I, I know he probably grew his legs on his first book, and I feel like here he, he was starting to, to solidify, but I know that his next few books, he's really just going to flower as a writer, which he did so good on this one, I could not wait to see what his next few ones are yeah, like. Yeah, every, every writer matures over time. I mean, there, you know, no writer starts out um, as good as they're going to be eventually. And he is really good right now. So it's just, I can't, just like Janine said, I can't wait to see how good he's going to get. He's going to be, uh, he's going to be an incredible writer. He's, he's definitely, a, he's a really good writer right he's now. He's definitely up there with my favorite sci-fi authors, Tim, Timothy Zahn, Orson Scott Card, uh, Aaron Allison. He's, he's up there. I'm looking forward to reading the book. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but uh, you guys know your book, so <laughs> you guys say it's good. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, of course, it's a really good book. You can find out more information about him and the books at Steve. Cobb.com. That's S-T-E-V-E-C-O-B-B.com. And you can see a picture of us. Yeah, that's right. He did have some nice things to say about us, which uh, we're actually going to be on RecreamedOutcast.com. We're actually going to be featuring a section about what people are saying about us, good and bad. Oh, just one more note on the book. Oh, yes. Um, if you're really into character development, there's not a lot of character development in this book, but the 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 plot line doesn't really allow for character development. It's kind of that... Um, you remember the whole kind of murder on the Orient Express mm -hmm. type of thing where you get kind of a, a face view of the characters, but you never really, and you get tidbits of their past and stuff, but you never really get an in-depth character growth mm -hmm. from, from any of them. You really, you really don't get that from any of them. The, 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 one the central character gets developed a lot more than the others, but there's not a lot of character development in there. But as I said, I don't think in the case of this book, I don't think that's a detriment. I think that it's yeah. A some books, it's almost you get so mired in these side characters that you end up getting lost in in who matters. Yeah, I think that that's I think it's a good thing for this book for for the purpose that this book serves. Well, very cool. Um, we, like I said, the uh, we we did do an interview with uh, Mr. Cobb, and it will be coming out on a upcoming either special episode or just a full-out uh, episode of Requiem of the Outcast. It'll be our special writer's episode. Um, we're going to feature articles with Mr. Alan Dean Foster on that, uh, Stephen Cobb, and Davey Beauchamp, who uh, is uh, working on an Agency 32 series, who is a, another phenomenal individual that we met at uh, 
at Con Carolinas who has another great... Another dude Rich ditched <laughs> us for. He's a, uh, in, another interesting take on the uh, Death Star, and it's a metaphor for all kinds of things, and uh, that will actually be appearing on RequimTheOutcast.com as well. Um, I think that uh, we're, we're going to come back um, after these... Uh, Messages. These commercials, these messages, and so I still feel goofy uh, introing commercials. Messages. We'll, we'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be featuring our Joe Crony interview uh, following uh, the break. Hi, this is Stephen Ewan Cobb, author of the science fiction novel Bones Burnt Black. When I'm not working on my next novel, I'm catching up on all the science fictional news and reviews by listening to my favorite web radio show, Requiem of the Outcast. Hello and welcome back. I am here with Mr. Joe Caroni. Of course, you are an artist for... I did pronounce that right, correct? Oh, yeah, you okay. right. <laughs> um, Of course, you are an, an outstanding artist for Star Wars Insider and quite a few other Star Wars publications, correct? Thank you. I, well, I don't know if the outstanding part is correct, but... Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. anybody. Excuse me, sir. Would you say this artwork is outstanding? Would you say this artwork is outstanding? Yes. There we go. We've got enough in you. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, I, I do artwork for Star Wars Insider. Um... Star Wars Gamer, uh, the role-playing game. I've, I've done Star Wars art for a variety of, of uh, books and magazines, products. Of course, you also uh, provided some of the earliest uh, uh, look of General Grievous that most of the fans got to see. Yeah. Now, what kind of source material were you given to uh, provide us with this uh, this render of him? Yeah, um, yeah, I was actually one of the first artists to, to actually get to illustrate General Grievous for for a, a Lucasfilm publication. Um, actually, the, the, I got artwork from the ILM guys uh, from Lucasfilm who were creating the character and designing and developing the character. Um, I had to do a story for Holland News in Star Wars Insider magazine, which featured General Grievous. So Lucasfilm sent me some uh, concept art that the uh, ILM guys had developed, which I used for my reference to create my illustration of General Grievous... Uh, Stomping through the battlefield and dead clone troopers all around, so which was really fun to draw, by the way. I, I, I was really happy with that piece. Now, with the art itself, it shows that there are also other insignia out there, a very uh, hexagonal-style insignia. Now, yeah. who does that represent? That is the uh, Separatist symbol, and you'll actually see that, I believe, in Episode 3. We kind of snuck that in my artwork, and not a lot of people uh, have caught on to that. I mean, they, they see the tattered Republic flag, but... The uh, Severus symbol will, will be on some of the ships in the big space battle at the beginning of episode three, I think. So that's just that's that's their banner right there that, that we slipped into the art, which was something I wanted to do, you know. I wasn't sure if it was product placement for the uh, episode three uh, Trivial Pursuit game. Oh yeah, <laughs> the little pie wedges. All right, right. <laughs> but honestly, it is awesome, and uh, the rest of your work is phenomenal. Um, a lot of mixing of generations. As a matter of fact, one of the best uh, pieces of artwork you have, I feel, is uh, is a picture of with flame at the bottom. We have a, a lightsaber uh, shaft right down the middle. We've got Obi Wan on one side and a young Anakin, and then right smack dab in the middle is the Dark Lord himself, Darth Vader. Yeah, that was a piece that uh, I did for. Echo Basecon, which was a charity convention in the Netherlands, and I, I designed the poster for that uh, chair, uh, for that charity con, and that was a really fun piece because they all they requested that they wanted something that encompassed both sagas, both trilogies, so I was able to uh, 
basically linked the two trilogies together with the Republic and Empire symbol, along with the prequel characters of Anakin and Obi Wan, and then throw Vader in there. And there's there's a lot of there's actually a lot of uh, thought that went into the design process on that. So, but it was one of my favorite pieces. Yeah, I, I enjoyed doing that one. It really looks phenomenal. And I just got to say, the rest of your work is is amazing. Um, you have all manner of artwork available at cons and your website. Everything from uh, almost trading cards. Yeah, I just did trading cards for the Topps uh, Clone Wars trading card series. I did artist sketch cards for that, and I'll be doing artist sketch cards for the Star Wars Heritage series, which comes out this September from Topps. So keep an eye out for that. Um, but yeah, I have all kinds of uh, lots and lots of Star Wars artwork at my <laughs> website, which is uh, www.joecaroni.com. So. So it's safe to say you're a bit of a Star Wars fan. Oh, yeah, my whole life. I, I have to pinch myself every time I get a Star Wars project because it's like a dream come true for me. I love, I love Star Wars, so this is, this is, I'm living my dream right now. So That is awesome. Thank you very much for your time, Joe. I appreciate it. And, right, thanks, uh, again, what was the website? Uh, my website is uh, joecaroni.com, and uh, anyone can drop me a line anytime if uh, they need anything or if they just want to go check out Star Wars art. Thank you, Joe. All right, thanks, Rich. Hey, we're back. Hey! We gotta watch Rich Scratch. Wow, that was a long interview. <laughs> Again, thanks to the magic of editing, it's been exactly five seconds since the last time we recorded anything before that. Um, Joe Crony was a really cool guy to, to talk to, and uh, you'll be able to have, or you'll be able to hear a uh, much longer in-depth interview that Nathan Butler. Um, first reference on the show for Nathan. Mo! Uh, there goes the Mo. Wow. <laughs> that uh, Nathan did with him, um, and that will be uh, a special Chrono Radio uh, interview edition coming out um, eventually. I'm not sure exactly when. Um, coming up next is uh, another commercial break. Again? Yes, again. Holy cow! Because it's been see for us, it's been like two minutes. Since we announced the the first interview commercial no, break, like maybe forty five seconds. Okay, yeah, maybe, maybe okay, maybe a mi- we're pushing a minute here. But now, see, we had that like five to ten minute Joe Caroni interview in there. Oh, and now we're gonna do another commercial break. People need to get away from us for a while. I, I think, think so. I, you know, it's kind of just to cleanse the palate. I okay, I got it. With, of all that roto goodness, uh, we're like the sorbet of. Yeah. <laughs> we're the sorbet of the of commercial radio. Goodness, yes. The cor- I commercial wa- I the sorbet be of the our radio parsley show. Parsley of the radio show. <laughs> <laughs> You are the parsley. You're just there for looks, babe. I don't get it. You know, this is all just a facade, you know? That's one of the funniest things I've ever heard you say. Are you kidding me? All you got to do is watch My Fellow Americans. That's where I got that one from. That's a good movie. Okay. Uh, All right, we're I know break. it's okay, not facade. I know it's facade. Okay. You dumb dumbs don't know that. She, she really doesn't. It's facade. All right. <laughs> All right. We're uh, going to break. Yeah, we're, we're we're playing some more trailers and stuff like that. We're not paying any bills. <laughs> we don't get paid for this. No, we don't. We, nobody charges us for this. <laughs> we lose money on this. Actually, we do. <laughs> no. But it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, but we like giving people shirts. That's true. Yes. And uh, matter of fact, uh, as, yeah. at the con, matter of fact, in the live con episode, you'll hear one of our, uh, which is actually coming up right after the break. That's a hell of a transition right nice. there. Nice. Um, that we actually uh, had a contest where we gave out uh, some of the uh, Requiem of the Outcast T-shirts and uh, demo CDs. And those were to the winners, and to the losers got one of Nathan's demo d- CDs. <laughs> Speaking of so, that shirts, that was a great idea. Yeah, well. If any of you, <laughs> any of our listeners, our many listeners, 
want a shirt, we will gladly give you one for free. You just need to PayPal me five bucks for shipping and handling, and I will send you one. And uh, we'll make sure to put the, uh, I guess, the PayPal up on the website. Uh, you just need to PayPal it to jkg underscore vader at yahoo.com. There you go. All right. All right. And uh, here's a, here's those uh, commercials and trailers. And uh, uh, right after that break, uh, we'll leap right into the uh, footage from the live uh, from uh, Con Carolinas from our panel. There you go. StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars fan audio on the Internet. It's your home for Star Wars fan audio genre news, a comprehensive catalog of fan-made Star Wars radio shows, parody tales, and serious audio dramas, with behind-the-scenes features, a message board, reviews, tutorials, convention coverage, an internet movie database-style directory of the entire Star Wars fan audio community, and the only fan audio community-recognized Star Wars Fan Audio Academy Awards held each year. StarWarsFanWorks.com. Fandom has a whole new sound. This is our Star Wars fan audio... Live recording. I am told to introduce people. This, to my immediate left, is Jane Wonderful Willow Garner. And the crowd goes wild! <laughs> Next to her is her husband, Ron Majestic Birch Garner. I, I want to make a point. Those two are Marines. And Oh, that explains it. Yeah. <laughs> They're uh, fine fighting soldiers of. Uh, that means we've been justice. gassed once too often. Justice, yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> Next is Rich Great Redwood Siegfried. <laughs> the best radio voice I've ever heard in my life. And finally, Nathan Mighty Oak. No! Uh, no! Thank you. <laughs> and we, if you listen to the show, you would understand that joke. And we can't explain it. There's a child present. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, speaking you, of you, our guest of honor, our guest of honor, I'm sorry, what's your name? Casey. Casey. Stand up, Casey. Casey. That's the, uh, that's the guy who listens to our show. He actually <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, listen to. So he gets the joke. So, yeah, you can go to com or fanworks.com. Star Wars fanworks. It's a bookmark for me. Star Wars fanworks or Requiem of the Outcast. Right, and you can hear the radio show. But don't don't try to. If you look in the mirror and try to do it, don't yeah, type it in the way you get some foresight. Same thing. So anyway, you can download their their radio show. Well, audio shows. Keep saying radio shows. Audio shows on that website. I listened to the first one was hooked. It's hilarious. I don't know how the first one hooked you, but whatever. And that was the one that was just me. It was just you. Yeah. Who are you guys? I, I just thought he's sarcastic. It's no so wonder. Funny. It sucked. Uh, oh, oh. Wow. So, this is going to be an audience participation type thing. It is. So that's what you to an extent, yeah. Oh, is it? Yes. He's a really yes, we, we will be having a contest. So, so that's why I'm leaving. So. We don't know what's going on. So. We just do what he says. Whatever. And so here's Richard. The only guy on the panel who knows what he's talking about, by the way. That's Mark. Well, I'm sorry. Nathan knows what he's talking about. <laughs> but you know he's so small, I kind of miss him occasionally. But Nathan well, I'm behind a mountain. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, well. Okay, get going. Let's go. All right. Uh, as Ron said, that we are an audio show that uh, is fully downloadable, so you can watch it or listen to it, excuse me, uh, whenever you'd like to. You don't have to stay by your computer or your radio at any given time. You can listen to it whenever you'd like to. 
Um, we are here today um, at the, we were invited uh, to the convention. This is our very first con appearance. And so possibly our last. Possibly our last. <laughs> Depending on how this goes. <laughs> and of course, so that means that you guys are our first con panel. And so this is being recorded for um, release later on as a, as a full out episode. So I'd like at the uh, count of three if everybody could just say their name really quick. One, two, three. <laughs> of course, the loudest one in the room would be uh, Janine. <laughs> right. All right. Now we're going to start off actually with an interview with Mr. Nathan Butler. Here, he is the uh, founder and creator of Chrono Radio, another show similar to ours, um, a bit more serious, however, as well as the creator of Star Wars FanWorks, which of course is the home of Star Wars Internet Fan Audio. Basically, radio dramas, parodies, and um, other uh, radio shows, much or audio shows, much like our own. And this gentleman here has been chosen to write a story for Star Wars Tales uh, 21 coming out in September. In September. September. And uh, we basically would just like to talk to him about the uh, a little bit about how he was selected and um, some of the inspiration for what he's doing because the characters are. Um, have not really been used in uh, too much uh, fan productions nor in continuity besides in a few video games. So, uh, go ahead and plug yourself first. Okay. Um, like I said, I'm Nathan Butler, founder of FanWorks, um, uh, host of Chrono Radio. We, uh, my team and I were some of the first ones out there with the audio dramas, um, Second Strike anthology, a lot of stuff like that. And basically what happened, uh, just the, the quick chronology of it, in December of 2002 we put out the first audio drama, I've been doing an online timeline chronology um, of the Star Wars universe, I guess you'd say, um, for about 1,000 pages by now, uh, since about 1997, Chrono Radio since 2002. And all of a sudden, after having royally, can I say honked off? After having royally honked off, uh, two of the major editors at Dark Horse Comics, the one editor that was left that I hadn't offended, uh, sent me an email <laughs> back in March basically saying, you know, at the risk of... of harming your possible objectivity on reviews or anything like that, what would you think about doing an issue or an, a, a story for an issue of Star Wars Tales? And we s went through the pitch process, which I'm sure you'll ask about, I guess, uh, in March, and everything was finalized in April. It's going to the artist right now, a guy named James Rays. If you, not, not sure if you would have seen his stuff. Uh, there's a comic he had out. I think it's called Tokyo Storm Warning or something, some variation of those words in some, some kind of order. Uh, and he also did uh, the first issues of Transformers Armada. It's a comic series based off the newer uh, Transformers television series, or one of the newer ones. And he's doing the artwork, so it's in their hands at the moment. It should be out in, sep it should be out in September. The end of September is what they're shooting for. It's, they're like looking at like the 28th, 29th, so there's a chance it'll be pushed into the beginning of October. But it's called Equals and Opposites, and it is, to, to my knowledge, it's the first one, uh, it's the first story outside of the video games and the dedicated novels based on the guy, which are kind of hard to find, to actually bring Kyle Katarn, the, the Jedi Knight from the Jedi Knight Dark Forces video games, back into the mainstream continuity. We bring him back and his... Well, I gotta call her a companion because I wasn't allowed to do something with the characters I wanted to do. Uh, his companion, uh, Jan Ors from those games also is being brought back. So it's those two in one of their, one of their first stories, uh, really. So tell us about that pitch idea. Tell you about that pitch idea, okay? Uh, that was good. That was a nice little, little feed, wasn't it? Um, no, the pitch. I'm ask the next question. Okay. The, uh, 
the, the way the pitch system basically works is, and this is the reason why I was so surprised to get the call, is you're not allowed to actually send unsolicited ideas to Dark Horse or Bantam, Delray, whoever's doing the, the stuff for Lucas Books at that point, because they have a rule about, you know, just, just for copyright protection, if you send them an unsolicited idea about, say somebody has sent in a thing about, well, why don't Luke and Mara have a kid name him Ben, which is the stupidest name for a child. For a Star Wars character I've ever seen. But <laughs> we don't have anybody named Ben in here, do we? For a Star Wars character. For a Star Wars oh, okay. character. You'll get to hear that mocked in, this, in the actual comic, I'm sure. Um, assuming that line got left in. But anyway. Um, uh, if somebody sends in an unsolicited idea and they were to use it, it would open them up to a lawsuit for using somebody else's idea without having compensated them. So they can't take anything like that. So the, the, the party line, the joking description has always been, well, if you're going to do Star Wars, you've got to be invited to the party. And that's what we kept saying. Invited to the party. Invited to the party. And um, once I got that invitation, first of all, before I, you know, I made sure that I wasn't being set up for something. Like the two editors who didn't like me weren't you know, like, let's get that Butler guy, you know, that sort of thing. Um, the the basically what I was given was I was given a choice of two time periods. He said we want to kick off. It's a new editor coming in for Star Wars Tales. A guy named Jeremy Barlow. He's taking over for Dave Land. And when he takes over with number 21, he said, we're revamping it. We're going to put some era symbols on each story so you know what goes where in the, in the continuity. We're going to try to have less stories in each issue so they can be bigger, they can be more fleshed out. And so here's two different story eras. If you want to write a story, here are the two eras to use. And I chose uh, the New Jedi Order era, which is what most of the novels have been in recently. The, the New Republic slash Galactic Alliance, the good guys, are in a huge war with this, this alien species called the Yuzan Vong. And the question was, you know, well, you can do anything you want with this. We want to reintroduce readers to the era without giving them too much backstory that they have to know beforehand. And it actually started out as a pitch of basically, I don't know how much I can, t how much I can say about it, except it was basically a looking back. It was one person kind of recalling some of the events that had happened and while talking to a young child. And eventually that got totally thrown out. We had a small flashback in there, maybe two pages out of a 14-page story. And we started thinking... That was really the most exciting part of what I had written because the rest of it was basically exposition. And we took that and expanded it into this Kyle story. So what you'll see is this, it is a, a story with Jan and Kyle for the fir one of the first times. They are on an Imperial Remnant world, which means they're away from home, basically. And uh, they are going to be facing off with some Vong, but the idea I wanted to do is flesh out the characters because these... If you ever played the video games to these, the Jedi Knight Dark Forces 2 video game was all about this banter between these two characters. I mean, you know, well, what do you do? What happens if you get caught? Did well, that's when you come button? and rescue me. They did not have a debate button. No, they did not. And it was not like many a uh, many a fan uh, fan film. But they have uh, uh, they they had these characters. They built up with these great performances by I can't remember what the actress's name was, but there's an actor named Jason Court who played the character. Great interaction. And then in every other portrayal in the video games, he gets more and more stoic less likable of a character, and she kind of almost becomes a mouthpiece for whatever exposition that they need, and they don't bother to give her much to it. So I just wanted to kind of go back to that friendly interaction. So it's sort of the Kyle and Jan that everybody knows and loves finally coming back. And that was basically what the pitch was. It's, it was put them in a situation and run with it, and the, way, it, the script got developed out of, out of that. There's some I can't say, you know, the Lucasfilm implant joke, um, not allowed to say certain things. I'm sure Mr. Foster will tell you the same thing uh, at some point. But, uh, yeah, it's, it, it was an interesting process. It was a lot harder to hammer out a script than I ever thought it would be because you had to get it past all the Lucasfilm. It, it, because it had Kyle and it had to get past the Dark Horse editors, 
It had to get past Lucasfilm editors, and it had to get past LucasArts video game company um, approval because it had these characters that they had fleshed out. And there's a few lines in there. Like, there was a... I'm trying to think of what it was. Um, it, it was some kind of innuendo, some innuendo that was thrown in there. There was a joke between the two characters. That said, well, no, 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 even joking... That's going too far. We can suggest rape and things like that in Shatterpoint, but in a comic book, we can't play around with, you know, too much innuendo between characters that have been together for years and years. Um, but they didn't edit a whole lot. It was just mainly a matter of just hammering out that story. And it took, it took, it took a while, but, um, but it's done. It's in the hands of the artist now. And since this is interactive, by the way, any of you who have any questions, please. Just pipe in. Yeah. This is not Throw just us interviewing him. It's y'all are here. Yeah, they talk to me Ask all the time. Yes. Yeah. Here we go. So what did you say that she's off the other Dark Horse editors? Um, <laughs> okay. Was, what did you say that she's off yeah. the Dark Horse editors? I'm if, just saying it again to right. actually pick it up. If you, okay, if you remember Dark Horse anytime early last year, they hadn't gone a year and been able to get a Star Wars comic out on the schedule release date. Ever. They, they hadn't been able to pull it off. They were always running late. And they also had several issues in a row that had some serious copy editing errors. And it wasn't like the stuff that a, a spell checker would catch. It was stuff that a human editor would catch. Like, um, they might buy dangerous as opposed to they might be dangerous. Well, a spell checker is going to see buy and see that's a real word. But a human editor should catch it and realize that makes absolutely no sense. It needs to be B. And I went on this huge tear about it on Chrono Radio. It was episode 7.5, I think is what I call it. It was an off month, so I had a .5 on it, called My Show Runneth Over, and just went off. I mean, like, like, they need to do this, they need to fix this, they need to fix these editing problems, somebody needs to do it. How many people does this go through before this hits the stands? All kinds of stuff, which is funny because I just found a typo in one of the parts of my script a couple days ago and had to tell them after the fact. Um, but basically what happened was... The, uh, it became a big debate on the boards, and at the same time, Stradley had made, Randy Stradley, the head of the Dark Horse editors for Star Wars, had said some things that were seemingly fairly somewhat unprofessional. He was basically bashing fellow Star Wars writers, saying, some of these stories are just horrible, such and such. I don't give a lick about continuity. I think he used a different phrase, um, but I don't care about continuity, that sort of thing. And it was sort of a, if those are your, your opinions, don't be saying them in your professional voice on a professional board. And that was all mixed up into this thing, and it became a debate on their boards. And then Dave Land, the other of the editors, heard it and posted on their board and said, you guys got to listen to this. And it just kind of grew and grew, and eventually it was all borne out. Jeremy Barlow, the guy who actually hired me, stepped in, and he was the one who said, you know, Stradley's a very combative guy. Well, we are trying to fix the scheduling problems, and here's how. We are trying to fix the copy editing problems, and here's how. And kind of told us, you know, that we were on the right track, what we were saying, um, and then Stradley actually publicly apologized for some of the stuff that he had said. But ever since then, on that particular board, there's been a lot of bad blood. And it tends to be like any message board community where if there's a little bit of bad blood, it perpetuates through everyone. Whenever I – to put it one way, and you'll hear about this in the next Chrono Radio, I'm sure, because um, I'm sure there will be a rant brewing in there somewhere about people attacking other fans. Um, but there was a point at which Land – you know Kevin Rubio, guy who made Troops? Um, he was the first guy to actually cross over from doing a fan production to writing for Tales. And the response was, uh, when everybody was like, well, this could set a precedent. I'm like, no, I, I'm not setting a precedent. Kevin Rubio did it ages ago. And on that message board thread, what happened was Dave Land, one of the editors, popped up and said, yeah, but you see, whenever I hired Rubio, it's because he showed a demonstrative talent or something like that. Basically a whoosh. And it just kind of went on from there. So I've let, I don't mess around on the Dark Horse boards much. Barlow has kind of come in on my defense. And it, part of it was because... 
because of how he knew that Stradley and Land felt, and yet he felt that I could do the job, what, he didn't really tell Stradley and Land that I was going to be writing for it until the contract was signed. <laughs> so they got a surprise, and it was sort of supposed to be a, look, this guy who was so much against what, how things have been going, he's finally turned, he's turned his view around, and he's coming with us. Isn't that great? But it came off as a, oh, no, you didn't. That sort of thing. So um, it was mainly I'm very vocal about opinions, and I, I, I have a perspective that I like to call the loyal opposition. Same thing that's going on right now with, you know, Democrat versus Republican. You can be whichever party, as long as you're ar- – even if you're arguing with each other, as long as you're arguing in the best interest of America, I see that as a pr- productive thing. So if you're picking out the bad things that are going on at Dark Horse, Lucasfilm, whatever, and you're raising them for discussion and for getting them fixed, I see that as a way of being loyal and yet being the opposition to what's going on at the same time. They didn't quite see it that way. (laughs) Not remotely. The moral of the story here obviously is if you get pissed off at something and do a radio show on it, you'll get hired to do a comic book. You know, actually there was a actually <laughs> actually there was a fifteen year old poster on that message board. I won't say what his name is, whose immediate response whenever it was announced, and it hasn't been announced yet, it may be this weekend on StarWars.com when they're officially announcing it. But as soon as I as soon as we got the Lucasfilm approval, I was allowed to start putting up news bites and mention it on some message boards. His response was, Oh so that's how I get to write for a comic company. <laughs> I insult everybody possible, every you know, like he was listing all kinds of people people that you, know, you could have insulted, and then I get to write for them. That's exactly how to do it. And I just wanted to come on there and go, yeah, and leave. But <laughs> no, no. Well, then why don't we get more? Why hasn't George Lucas called because us you're up not, people yeah. like that? We make fun of people all You make fun time. of people? Oh, yeah. We make the prequels, Everyone. too. You know what our problem is? We don't you don't make, go for the jugular. Wait, wait, you don't, you no, don't risk you know, death right. threats. I've gotten okay. death. I have gotten one death threat in the last year, and there have been six anti-Nathan web groups, including one website, within the last few years. That's going to show up in that rant next time. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm Nathan, sorry. Nathan, we'll, we'll close down I can site. tell you what our problem is. No to Nathan was the last one. Our problem is that we don't insult people who are important enough. Yeah, you well, insult the little guy. You insult me and call exactly. me all yeah. kinds of stuff. He is our biggest target. Well, yeah, our littlest target. <laughs> oh. Actually, wait. Wait, 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 wait. Before we continue on after that, I do have to give him something. And oh, God. This is um, because he has done so much These awesome work for us that uh, we got this at, um, at a <laughs> recent time. An, an extreme collector's item. It's a, a blown-up uh, card from uh, Decipher for the CCG, and on it it has uh, Shannon Basquez, Mara Jade. It's also got um, Michael Stackpole. Michael Stackpole. He's written a few books. As Corn Horn and Mr. Timothy Zahn as Talon Card and this, sir. Oh, that is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. That is it is appreciation for all you've done. It's time for Michael Stackpole and Timothy Zahn, and I assume you're going to track down Shannon Basket. I'm going to have Well, I was already trying to do that. (laughs) (laughs) No, she's married, though. You and a lot of other people, I think. Yeah, I know. I think so, yeah. I think they call that stalking nowadays. Only if you get caught. Have a camera with you, your paparazzi. Yeah, have a camera, your paparazzi. You can get her to crash your car and get it Okay. Yeah, nobody wants to. Woo! The fan film that we just took a look at. Yes, that was enough for me. Whoa! What have you got to say? No, no, let's just let her have it. Yeah, go for it. I don't know, but I can't even like. <laughs> Makes me in charge, and I like to be in charge. Ron, is that true? No comment. Well, let's start giving stuff away. We got wait, a lot wait, of 
we're going to send him away happy. So we're going to send him the free stuff. But they don't get the free stuff to. Toward the end, that way we make sure that they. You're stay. gonna make the. We already <laughs> lost our Klingons. Yeah, see, I don't want to lose more. Yeah, I was it was too much Star Wars talk for the Klingons. Although, like, although, if you want to catch us, what room are we staying in? Huh? 1701. How great was that for that hotel room? 1701. <laughs> 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 room. What's sad is that they knew know. that. I did not, because I am not a Trekkie. That's the official designation. Of oh, you're not. Enterprise. I am not a Trekkie. By the way, Janine is our official Trekkie. Closet Trekkie. Closet Trekkie. <laughs> she denies it. In public, no. But you hand her the Star Trek encyclopedia or oh. whatever it is. There's another mic over here. Quit. <laughs> and I can almost guarantee you that she can. <laughs> <laughs> it's really true. She can quote anything you need. She's corrected people for spelling a character name. But anyway. <laughs> Oh, no, we're talking about that Jordy that should be spelled that way. Jordy spelled with like two G's in it and it's you. I do not talk that guy. Oh, God. Get it right, and it's not spelled with a Q. Oh, <laughs> oh God. All right, moving on to another segment that we do is we oftentimes re- uh, review fan audio stuff as well as fan films. He we happen to have. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's not so much a review as a make fun of Misty session. Bashing. Well, she she well, makes fun of the stuff. True. We try to bring yeah. out the good in it. Um, and uh, today we're going to talk about Fall of a Saga. And as a matter of fact, we have one of the creators here. Please stand up and say his name. I wish I were popular enough to be four wives. <laughs> You're not going to start using the royal we? We. We'd like you to come stand front and center so that we can uh, pretty much trash you this. Uh, oh. <laughs> no, no, we're not. Wait, wait, I'm, I'm do you curious, want a free shirt I'm curious not? about this royal we thing. This royal we, does that have anything to do with like a gold-plated bathroom? Royal we? Yeah, yeah no, it's here. just a gold-plated toilet. I'm just, okay, just making sure. We have children here, people. Come, come, come. Come on, sit up front so we can... Oh. Hey, what <laughs> now, I have, to, I have to, before we start off on the rant and making fun there's, of it and all There's a rant. Stuff, what? Mick, 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 Mick. <laughs> I have to honestly, truly say that we we, video, we uh, recorded our reactions upon seeing it, and, and honestly, it is definitely yes. one of my top five favorite. It is a very good film. It is amazing. Wait, it was your top two before. What the? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was her top five. It's my top two. Okay. It's right, a time for check. recollection where you sit back oh and go, wait, wait, wait. Five <laughs> <laughs> it was good, but then I saw the formula. And but hey, you know what? I've seen like I've seen. Oh, 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 man! Sit down, woman. I just like to say that I had no intention of making fun of it. Yeah, yeah I, I was like, I wasn't intending on making fun of it. We'll do that later. We'll get together later. Actually, there was one thing that Nathan brought up that we'd yes. like to make fun of. That was, you really want me to do it? Say it now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You knock that, me down, we'll All right, this is the only thing that the only thing that struck me. I didn't mention in the reaction thing. Um, when you see and it's screening here, yeah. George Lucas, the George Lucas actor portraying George Lucas, did an excellent job. However, the first time I saw him, my immediately my immediate thought was Saturday Night Live Celebrity Jeopardy Sean Connery. No! <laughs> <laughs> I was ex- I was I was expecting a, a, we meet again, Trebek, or something. <laughs> 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 
touch the pen is mightier. Yeah, the pen is mightier. <laughs> Album covers. I don't care, Trebek. Just tell me, does it work? Oh, God, that is so true. Just tell me, does it work? I've had to see that thing so many damn times. I didn't want to say it to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> we, we had an offer to uh, MST3K later on. That's right. With, yes. with the creators. So, they want and you to said that that might be available. It depends on how clean it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> if you can get past the adult check ID. Um, <laughs> Uh, see, now we know what's all the that? people that know what adult check yeah. <laughs> 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 is. Like, what? Military, he knows adult check ID. Uh, we do? <laughs> no. <laughs> no uh, she yeah, really doesn't I mean, know what it is. I don't. <laughs> these guys, these guys wanted to MST3K, and I said, as long as I get to do it too. I mean, I've had issues. I've had to go through more misery than you guys have around, so I deserve it. I'm sorry. We, just, we were just laughing about her reaction. We just told her what what we would be doing. Oh, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> Okay, we've gotten way too far from the subject. You know, I'm going to go sit down. Enjoy your shirt. All right, this. Yeah. And when again is this ringing? 11 o'clock tomorrow? 11 o'clock tomorrow is the, is the fan. Uh, Morning or evening? Nice spot. You know. I know. If only we had a chance to do the MST3K thing live. All right, well, let's do hey, oh, well, no, okay. it. We got 25 minutes. The fan film itself was absolutely amazing. Yes. Um, some of the things that you'll see, we, we were actually mentioned this to them. We don't think it's a, a traditional fan film, yeah. it is a legit film. I mean, it's something you watch. You don't think, oh, this is just a couple kids with toy lightsabers in the backyard. No, it's it's a, it's a legitimate, good quality, well shot, well scripted. The humor is delivered very well. It's a good film. Even but the DVD is good. I mean, it's got men. It's got. You put it in. It's got an interactive menu. And the music's incredible. And the music's great. The you guys, you good. guys wrote the music, didn't you? In some places, so you could sell the CD, right? Right. Smart. <laughs> if you listen to it, the laws of music. Because uh, if you listen to it, there's a lot of Star Wars-esque. Yes, <laughs> we did catch that. We, we, we used the protective-esque there. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, like, if you notice on our shirts, it's the Imperial Cog-esque. <laughs> it's kind of weird-looking, not uh, quite right. No, but uh, the, the rule of, of music stealing, copyright is uh, seven notes. If you're, if you're left, seven notes or less, you say. So if you listen to everything... because it is, of course, Star Wars-esque in, in most places, but the use of the music is good. The, yes. the, music, the music really matches the film. A lot of times in, in these films, 
you'll, you'll see people just kind of stick the, the, the music in the background so that there's something playing in the background. And that kind of is part of the whole professional style of this film, which made Rich say it is a legitimate film. And that they, they blended the music, the sound, the, the scripting, the acting, the, the, the camera work, which was incredible, all together to produce a real, as Rich said, legitimate film. And lots so. of nose hair shots. They were great. That's right, you want to bank. Yeah. Uh, Trebek thing aside, Trebek thing aside, um, I did think one of the comments that I had made and they had heard is if you look at it, it does seem like there is something about the the actors that they got for this. I don't know if I've seen them before. I don't think I've seen them before. But you get the feeling when you watch these that they are. Familiar. For lack of a better term, seasoned or familiar. These are people you feel like, these are film people. It's not like, you know, this is somebody's best friend that they grabbed and bribed with a bag of Cheetos to be in the film or something <laughs> like that. It seems like these really are people who, you know, you might expect to turn around and see on television after watching this or catch, you know, with a role in a film somewhere, you know, on a, on a motion picture screen because they really do carry the, they carry the weight very, very well. And casting is a real tough thing, especially in any kind of, Fan endeavor. It's a big, uh, a big, thing. it's a big thing. It's a big thing. I got Ron and My vocabulary just went. <laughs> Bye. Did you get a it's a big. I got you guys for a bag of Doritos and Funyuns. So. I don't like Funyuns. Oh, well, you got the Doritos. You got the Doritos. Way to kill the joke, Janine. <laughs> yeah, was, was it wasn't much. Was that a joke? What wasn't much of a joke? You've been hanging around Sorry. Ron too much. Yeah. All right, what's, that? what's next on the agenda? <laughs> All right, we happen to have a chance to win a free shirt. Ooh. We have lots. Make a Star Wars film. Make them love it. <laughs> <laughs> or, 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 or so, something faster. <laughs> something we can do in 20 minutes. Take off the major comic book. Yeah, take off a comic book. Neither of those categories. Shrink it a lot or cut slits up the side, okay? I don't know what else to tell you. Go, going back to your comment, Dale, and I would like to say that I, I have seen Star Wars fan films that I think were probably made in 20 minutes. Yes, there are some, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not going to name any, but yes. Okay. Yes, I know. First Vic, uh, contestant. You haven't even exactly told them what we're doing. Yet. Oh, yeah. We could do Would you want to do that? Okay, great. I'm well, just, that takes all the, that takes all the surprise. <laughs> it's not like, you know, never mind. Okay. We're doing <laughs> i got I to deal with her for the next couple of days. I'm just going to tell you what the game is because it's a really good game. But yes, it is. You have to kind of be able to read mine to know. Well, you'll see. Yes, this is a very telepathic game. Use the shorts. You're gonna have to to get these. This 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 game actually came from Hal and Bubs from sci, uh, StupidSciFi.com, an amazing website. If you get the chance, go to it, check it out. It's a bunch of guys that travel conventions with puppets and interview celebrities. It's really off the wall, but incredibly funny. Check it out if you can at StupidSciFi.com. Um, what the game is is that basically you have to figure out which movie franchise we're thinking of. Um, the choices are Star Wars or Lord of the Rings. Now, original, question, original trilogy. Yes, original trilogy, the good ones. All right, you guys ready? Wait, 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 wait. Let's tell them what their prize like is. Okay, what are their prizes, The prizes are the shirt that you see hanging there and your very own Requiem of the Outcast CD. And if you get the questions wrong, we have a Nathan Fine. Butler CD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Moving on to back to the Requiem of the Outcast CD, which our wonderful producer Rich Sigfrit made, and he also made the Mo Butler ones too. So if they yeah. look a little alike, there's a reason. Yeah. And if you get them wrong on purpose, it's okay. <laughs> they, <laughs> they have um, 
this out. It, it's really great. Um, when you put them in your computer, though, don't be impatient. You just got to put them in. Wait a second. It'll start. Um, it's got everything from all of our episodes up through episode eight. Yes, our first eight episodes, um, plus some and uh, extra stuff. Some really silly pictures of which I know for sure you're in one of them. Um, no, we didn't. We didn't yeah. put those so pictures in. It's okay. <laughs> We've got a special disc available for fifteen ninety nine at our table. Yeah. And if you guys aren't careful, you all probably show up on the next disc for Dragon Con at the very least. So yeah. also, watch out yeah. at the parties tonight. Yes, is also here for the unfortunate souls who get it wrong. Uh, uh, what's on here is essentially is just a demo. Be- Instead of asking everybody for permission, I just threw a bunch of my stuff on here. Uh, what you've got is one edition of all the different kinds of uh, Chrono Radio episodes, the regular episodes. There's a thing called a serial edition, which is short fiction. There's also a Phantom Menace film commentary. If you've got the DVD, play it while watching the DVD. It's film commentary, the stuff that you wouldn't hear out of Lucasfilm's approved mouth. Like the racial. It's a lot like watching Wizard of Oz with, uh, with Dark, Dark Side, Side of the, the Moon. Moon. Exactly. When you're listening to that and watching yes. the movie, that thing's kind of land. The uh, the other things it does have the first act of Second Strike, which is our the the world's first Star Wars fan audio drama. It's also the only one that's feature length. Um, I can't claim the mixing on that. I wrote it, but and Chris Hanel mixed it. Street Fighter in the background. Yes, you can, there's a scene where some of the fighting sounds are Street Fighter. Thank and you. Janitor uh, constantly falling. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it also has uh, the uh, a short audio drama called Responsibility. It's got just generally just chock full of little things, information about me, information about. Uh, the timeline. The only thing it doesn't have anything about is the Tails thing, unfortunately. Uh, because I can't put out anything about that yet. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Does that, does that have the one that I was on? What? Does it have the one that I was on? How are you doing? Tell him what you want to do, Mary Louise. What do you want to do, Mary Louise? Mary Louise wants to go swimming. Well, she's got a free shirt for me. So I want you guys to hurry up so Mary Louise can go swimming. Oh, one last thing on this stuff. There is a great video of my husband and Rich at the uh, last rent car we went to in their kilts doing the safety dance. Oh. <laughs> we just happened to come on in uh, Rich's car, and so we turned the music up, and I'm going to see you. Oh, my God. And that's just the stuff we just do for the heck of it, okay? That was not planned at all. In the parking lot. I happen to have it on CD. <laughs> all right, you guys ready? You guys ready to go? Which saga? Name the saga. Name the saga. I guess I'll stand up since everybody's standing up. <laughs> Not that it makes much difference. Stand up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shall we take a volunteer or should I just pick people? Take a volunteer. Raise your hand if you'd like to participate in our game. We, we've got All this right. Our guest of honor. Stand up. Oh, okay. Go first. Go. Do you want to answer this question? All right. Tell are us you, which trilogy it's from. Are you ready? A hero meets a rogue in a bar to accompany him on his mission. Janine? Oh, I am sorry. That is going to be Fellowship of the Ring, where Aragorn meets... Hey, wait, wait, no, 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 hey, hey, this is our fan. Oh, you get shirt anyway. Would you like a bar? You're going to piss off by our entire listener base? <laughs> I know you know the sad thing is? We beat them last month. <laughs> In number we of downloads. We beat them on an off month. <laughs> an all right. off month. An off yeah. month. Who would like to be the next I think it's the start of a right, chant. Could be. <laughs> all right. Are you ready, sir? All right, an aging wise man dies in the first movie and reappears in the second film. 
Because he answered wrong. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's it. Cool. That's the key. Okay. <laughs> All right, next contestant. All right, playing that man back there, sir. You are Eddie Beckford. Okay, how old are you? Thirteen. Eddie Beckford, right. come on down. No, just stay in your seat. That's fine. All right. No, no. Come on. No, really, sit down. No, no, no. <laughs> Infinite cosmic power! <laughs> you got the size for the genie now. Get yeah, going. Nice space. <laughs> this series features a weird little creature with a strange voice, mainly featured in the second and third movies. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. All right. Yeah, Oh, hey, you get some requiem, too. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Did you forget the CD for our fan? Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> you won't be a fan after you listen to the whole CD. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's all right. Hey, come on. Don't listen to the third episode. Say, it's all right. You'll come on over to Mike. <laughs> I think yeah, we're you're running out of large shirts. Can you do... Oh, see? <laughs> see? All right, we've got three more questions. Who else would like it? All right, well, we'll go ahead and pick this young lady right here. We'll get you in a minute, sir. We'll pick this young lady right here. Who are we picking? Her. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait, we did mention her, her pictures, right? Yeah. She doesn't have a shirt. All she wants to play for is the CD. Oh, okay. You want to play for the CD? Okay. All right. He's going to ask you a question. Oh, by the way, did we mention she's got pointed ears naturally? I, I think that's so cool. Oh, look at that. You look like you're an elf, whatever. No. You're, and you're not a Trekkie? No. Okay, just checking. <laughs> just checking. All right, in the first film of this series, two former friends use their powers to battle each other. What was that Star Wars Star Wars Barney? Barney? Barney you know that was made into a film and it was called Star Wars Kid. All right, moving on. Oh. oh. All right. Oh, Who else would like to go? We've got two more questions. I know somebody. Would. All right. Is this a whole Everybody <laughs> wins. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm nice and I'm trying to involve them, okay? Uh, easy, no. Hammer. Don't hurt him. I was thinking it was or a Mormon thing. thing. It could okay. be because she likes to talk. I, I don't know. I was thinking it was a Mormon thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. You, you realize we are in a Marriott hotel, don't you? Go ahead. Yeah, you know, I, I do. the Book of Mormon 
room? Oh, it's alright. I got a bed. I can. I got a bed this high off the ground. I'm this high off the ground. If I lay down, I just slide under. I'm safe. I'm good. Crazy talk, crazy talk changes the subject. Exactly. Alright, the question for you, sir. In the first movie of this series, the main hero is attacked by a water dwelling creature's tentacles. Boy, my glitter is there, right? I'm sorry, this is a garbage trash compactor monster. The Dianoga. Ooh, the Dianoga. What? Oh, wait, wait, wait! Oh, oh, oh. He's arguing. Beat us on a technicality. I think you won. So I'm going to give him one anyway. Okay. Yeah. You're large? Yeah, I'm from Georgia, and a lot of places, sewage, water. <laughs> All right, and She's got a girl power necklace thing. I'm a Star Wars chick now. Okay. All right. This is Janet. She's one of the uh, important coordinators for yeah. the time. She's the one who actually drug us into this. So I should call Okay, she's automatically wrong. Yeah. <laughs> All right, come on, come on, come on. All right, and for the final question. Are you ready? Final question. This series' third movie titled Begin... <clears throat> Let me reread that. <clears throat> this series' third movie title begins with Return of the... <laughs> 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 hmm. I'm going to say Return of the Jedi. You win! <laughs> 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 and for the rest of you, because you did not get to play the game... We have enough CDs for y'all to take one if you'd like, and definitely for most of you to get a shirt if you want one. So come on up. So yeah. come on together, guys. Boom. Yeah, so the rest of you got put through that useless torture for <laughs> nothing. Guys, would you like? And we're back. Oh, man, I got a good run in. That was great. I wonder when that joke's going to get old. Yeah. It still cracks me up. So anyway, we, we mentioned the uh, the writer's interview uh, edition with Alan Dean Foster, of course, is going to be part of the writer's episode. That is the Alan Dean Foster segment is a two-parter with uh, Chrono Radio. Um, Nathan was able to be out there at the con with us and uh, helped us out with all of our panels. And yeah, he's really short. Yeah, he was shorter than I thought. Yeah. He's really he does look like Bob Saget though. But he's like a short Bob Saget. <laughs> he's really he's a short skinny Bob Saget. Yes. And you know, he I think he may have solved some of his love problems while we oh, were there. Oh, I think we're he not, might. We're have. not really going to get into that. We'll, we'll save that Hence for a special Hence the name Nasty Butler. <laughs> I would just say I don't know if I want to share a room with him again. But anyway. <laughs> you kidding me? He had two ladies in that room. Uh, he brought all one times. with him and found another. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Amy Farrell went with. Uh, obviously, there were no shenanigans on uh, with him and or, uh, with uh, him and Amy. But uh, did finally get to meet Amy Farrell, who played Kristar Aralur. She's a very nice strike. girl. Very she, nice. And, and has really long, pretty hair. And has an astounding voice. Uh, she was she was yes. pl- pulling some voice yeah. tricks while we were uh, while we were hanging out, and it was just like wow. I mean, I never realized the the full range that she had. 
You use you your really tongue, party. <laughs> there, there, there's, our, well, there's our obligatory Mel Brooks reference. <laughs>
I feel you, player. <laughs> he did. He did put his armor on there. They, they, he took his armor there, and they showed him how to put it on and all that fun stuff. Yeah, I put it on, and it was made for somebody with much longer legs and arms. <laughs> you got the high water uniform. <laughs> well, it wasn't You're so much that. I, I couldn't outfit. bend anywhere. <laughs> he couldn't walk. He I couldn't. couldn't walk. My arm would come like it would bend like like an inch, uh, and then that was it. You know, I bet that's why they can't hit anybody. Yeah. And it turns out you are too short to be a stormtrooper. Look at that. <laughs> oh, hey, you're funny. Yeah. So you're saying the armor yeah. would fit me, sweetie? Probably. Ah. Probably. Because see, I'm, I'm taller than Ron. Except it's made for a guy with like skinny, lo- longer, skinnier arms and legs than mine, and and a bigger belly, I think. Stormtrooper beer belly. Yeah. Well, and All that, that like, that love, like it wouldn't fit around my legs because it was too skinny. Mm-hmm. I had to kind of it was pressing in on my legs. But yeah, I'll get it. I'll work it. You work it. I'll That's work it, baby. Wanna work it? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, every person. <laughs> this has pretty much just been a short episode for us to record. Um, it's basically because we're lazy and we recorded so much stuff from Macon Carolinas. Well, we're not we, lazy. We didn't sleep at all at Con Carolinas. We busted our butts this June. I, I think I got about six hours of sleep the entire week. Yeah, I slept before one night and two. Yeah, Ron really. did. Ron was on like no naps, panels. So. No, I took. I tried to take one. Yeah, but the guys next naps. door were really noisy. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, what was up with that? That was Beauchamp telling his stories of, of various con I thought it was Nathan with, uh, with, like with his bevy his, of women. Yes. With his harem. His, his harem, yeah. <laughs> they all wanted to see if the mighty oak was truly mighty. <laughs> <laughs> What's Which the we mighty oak, we, we even got Ron to introduce him like that in the... In the, the the uh, panel. Not so. my husband, Ron, but Ron no, McClung. Yes, because he wanted to. He wanted to introduce us, which was just really cool. All right, well, we got to wrap this up. So. Yes, we need to get Hurry going. Up. So um, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, uh, don't forget to visit requiemoftheoutcast.com for all your roto needs, as well as uh, uh, galacticsenate.com where you can find our boards. Um, since TFN is pretty much dried up. <laughs> I actually saw a tumbleweed when I went to the uh, our boards over there, I which is fun because have we you know what? Stephen Cobb's website is yet? Yeah, yes, I have. Okay. Um, the The party has moved to galacticsenate.com. Go there. That's where uh, that's the official boards of StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars Internet fan audio. And uh, that. And uh, we hope everybody has a good month, and we'll see you guys again next month with some stuff. And that's right. it. That's it. Get out of our living room. Oh, we got to work on a better finish than that. <laughs> oh, oh, I can sing. Yo, well, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. Come on, be back up. I can tell you what we were up. I tell you what I really, really want is not to hear the Spice Girls. If you want to be my lover, nobody wanted to hear them. Everybody wanted to see them. Scary Spice. I was more of a ginger spice guy. No, I was sporty spice. Really? Ew, she was so dikey. Yeah, was it sporty spice? Oh, it was posh spice. Yeah, she married David Beckham. Posh spice. That's the one. The one with the long dark hair. The one who wears the black Gucci dress. Yeah, that one. That one was hot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Derek Neiman. I'm with the 501st Stargate Command and Buccaneers of the Atlantic Coast, and I am an outcast. Arr. Like I'm singing a song and I'm going along and it's just so freaking cool.